Hey folks, how you doing? Uh, welcome to uh, North Point Plus. This is episode 16. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. We should have like a like a party or something. We could wear dresses. And, yeah. Hey, never mind. Someone's got to buy a car. Not that kind of church. Um, <laughs> anyways, welcome. We're glad you're here. Glad, thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is where we process a little more what happened uh, yesterday, Sunday morning. And so it's kind of cool. Thanks for those who submitted questions. We absolutely appreciate that. This is weird because I'm sitting in this seat and yeah. over here is uh, Mark Adkins because Mark preached yesterday. I'm out of my element. I don't like sitting over here. Yeah, we moved, we moved, we moved the chairs around and stuff. It was a little bit awkward. but uh, Comfortable on that side of the room yeah i have i'm i'm not comfortable anywhere so here it is <laughs> they gave me power of the buttons so i'm going to keep pushing buttons because that's a lot of fun um digging that so i'm not sure exactly what's going to happen when we do that but uh, i don't know we'll have a good time with it so something <laughs> like that um the we'll jump into the questions in a second yeah. the first question is uh can we have Mark preach more? The answer is no. Yeah, uh, no, it's I'm, absolutely I'm totally not. kidding. But but it's it is a good time to say uh, this was uh, first time for you preaching at North Point. Yeah. Um, and I think you said first time on a Sunday morning. Yep. So first time having that corporate Sunday morning preaching experience. It was great. It was, I loved it. So you might you might do it again. We'll see. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I enjoyed. It. I had a blast. I mean, it's it's a topic that is very near and dear to me. Yeah. So like. Preaching through that is really easy for me because it's a topic that I care a lot about, and it's also really convicting because every time I read through it, it's like, gosh, yeah, I need to hear this like every hour of every day <laughs> because yeah. I'm so bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the benefits of, of preaching. Benefits, yeah. Bene- benefits is that right. you really do get so much more out of it than you have right. time to deliver. Right. And that's why I'm really glad for uh, North Point Plus because we do get to unpack a little more. Right. Um, but even beyond that, um, you always walk out of that task having got so much more out of it than yeah. anybody who comes in. Yep, God's always speaking and amazing how that works. Sometimes he hits me over the head a lot <laughs> with Thousands it. Thousands of <laughs> years <laughs> and he's still doing what he does, so Go God. Hey, well, we're glad you're on team. We're glad you're <coughs> preaching. Um, and again, we're glad you guys are here. Don't uh, don't hesitate. Don't forget. Leave a comment. Uh, drop a like. Click those buttons. Do what you do on social media. We want to keep the conversation going. So we got a few more questions, and yeah. uh, I'm just going to dive into them, if that's cool with you. Let's do it. And then we'll see what happens. Um, here's this question here. It looks like potentially it was anonymous, because I don't see a name. But it says, why are Christians seemingly just as bad at finding rest? And I assume they mean... As bad as those who wouldn't claim to be Christ followers. Yeah, that's that's my assumption. That's how I took the question. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because th- there's so many topics, uh, whether it be finding rest, whether it be you know any any sin issue that it seems like people that follow Jesus struggle with those things just as much as people that don't follow with Jesus. Um, <clears throat> and I think the lesson from that for us is it's it's a reminder that we're sinful, <laughs> that we're fallen. Um, I think there's there's some part of it that I think comes from a misapplication. In the message, I talked about how this this passage where Jesus says, come to me, all who labor, and I'll give you rest, is probably one of the most misapplied verses because it's kind of like what we just throw at people whenever they experience hardship. It's like, oh, Chris, I know you just had this really hard thing in your life. You lost someone that you love. Yeah. You lost your job, whatever it might be. Come to Jesus. He'll give you rest. And then we walk away. We wash our hands, <laughs> and we think that we've done, we've done all that we needed to do. Um, and so, yeah, I think the Christians, to a, a large extent, are guilty of that kind of misapplying what it really means to be a Jesus follower, to think that if you're a Jesus follower, you just 
live in perpetual rest. Yeah. And if you don't have perpetual rest, then you're not a good Jesus follower. Yeah, sure. um, and that's part of the gospel is that like to be a good Jesus follower is to recognize that I'm not a good Jesus follower, <laughs> that I need Jesus because I'm not a good Jesus follower. Um, and that's really where I f- find rest. So I don't know. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah. Why Christians seem to be seem to struggle with that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's interesting that sometimes people think just because um, we're, we're Christ followers that somehow we're going to have it all figured out. Yeah. And um, it, it just doesn't work like that. Um, I like the phrase. One of my favorite phrases on the planet is I need more Jesus in me. Mm-hmm. And I use it often. And yeah. It's absolutely true. Yep. I wonder how much of it is also in not, not really understanding what rest is yeah rest doesn't necessarily mean problem free yep um so i you know i would think that probably plays into that question some yep i think so and i think a lot of it too is we just need to normalize not being okay yeah it's so normal in our culture whenever we bump into someone chris how are you doing i'm doing great doing great doing great never been better i like living the dream that's my yeah living the dream (laughs) living the american dream (laughs) you guys that are paying attention to north point plus that's a secret for you if you ever hear me say living the dream there you go. Chris is, in fact, not living the dream <laughs> in that moment. Well, you never define what kind of dream it is. Living the, ni- yeah. living the nightmare, man. <laughs> living the nightmare. Dreams. All right. How about how about this one? Um, I'm going to let you tackle this. I'm going to read it as it is. Uh, yeah. It might be too smart for me or too difficult. So <laughs> I'm hoping. Here it is. It says, do you think those who saw Jesus or some hardy skeptics today have their hearts hardened? Yeah, this is a good question. So I think... If I'm if I'm interpreting what the question is asking, so the the passage that we read through talked about <clears throat> there are cities that are full of people that rejected Jesus. Jesus is ministering with them, he's living life with them, and they're like, mm, I don't care. Like, we're glad that you're here. Mm-hmm. We're glad that we don't have leprosy anymore. But like, <laughs> we don't want anything else to do with you. Um, so, in those examples, are those people's hearts hardened because they reject Jesus? I think I think the answer would be yes. If you're rejecting Jesus. It's because your your heart is hardened toward Jesus. Um, and at the same time, this passage doesn't mention hardening hearts, softening hearts. It mentions pride and humility, which I think you could probably take to ex- extrapolate theologically that that's referring to a hardened heart or a softened heart. And so if your heart is hard, if whether you're a skeptic today, whether you're uh, a Jew in Capernaum in the time of Jesus, I think the solution to that is provided by Jesus where he says, humble yourself, be like a child. Mm. And that softens your heart and brings you to Jesus in that moment. So I don't know if that answers the full question of, of what's being asked there, but that's at least what's said in the passage yeah. for that. Yeah, no, I like that. And I, I often think um, <clears throat> like cultural, so mm. like American culture mm. that is very uh, independent. Yeah. I'll do it on my own. I don't need nobody ever. Yep. Um, I wonder how much of that plays into yeah. hardening my heart. I'll figure it out. I don't need people. I don't need Jesus. I don't need a church. I don't need nothing. So. Right. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm sure it certainly does. There's probably a lot of a lot of cultural things for Jewish culture and American culture that, and it's true. I mean, if we have a, an understanding of the world, I think biblically, yeah. the world is trying to push you away from God, yeah. away from Jesus. So that's true of American culture, where it's, hey, you can do this on your own, Chris. Yeah. To need God is to need someone, and right. that's not the American way. There's no living the dream right. in that way. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I think that's uh, that's that was the misapplication that those cities had with the law was, well, we don't need Jesus because God already gave us the law. Right. So we're going to lean more into that, which leads you away from Jesus, right. which I think leads toward a hardened heart and not a soft heart, not a humble heart, and that's a 
problem that we still wrestle with. It's very American. So maybe they were very American too. They were the original Americans. <laughs> they got it right. We're just kidding about that, folks. Yes, they were not. Yeah, don't. That, please that, understand. Yeah, that. we don't believe in spiritual Israel. That's a whole other topic. That'll be episode eighteen. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. Uh, please of. don't ask questions about that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have answers. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we have answers. We just don't have. We don't have there. good answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. How about this question here, uh, submitted by one Baymond Royer, famous Baymond Royer. Baymond uh, wins an award for <laughs> asking questions. He says this. He says, if God is fully just and fully merciful, how do I reconcile his judgment with his mercy? How do we reconcile knowing God is not the pet owner when sin demands justice? So in 30 seconds or less, how do you reconcile God's justice and mercy? Ready? Go. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. Um, (laughs) So so Baymond, our dear friend Baymond, references the, the pet owner. And if you if you listen to the message, there's this part where I talk about my dogs and how my dogs have this great sense of the law where I can come home and I know if my dogs have gotten into something they shouldn't have because they act weird, they avoid me because they know once I find them, <laughs> there's consequences. <laughs> if you have an accident in the house, there's consequences to that. Um, and that's how we treat God sometimes is like this cosmic pet owner that's just looking for things to smack your hand, roll up the newspaper, smack your nose, things like that. Um, and so how do we reconcile that, that context of the passage where Jesus pronounces judgment over those cities because they deserved it and at the same time says, hey, come to me because you get rest. That's the same offer going to those cities is you have judgment and mercy. Uh, and there's a, I forget the, the person that said it. There's someone, theologian, that wrote a book that I read and I can't remember. And I'm, I'm, I looked and I couldn't find it. But he has this quote where he talks about how God is both simultaneously merciful and wrathful. Mm-hmm. And he paints it th- the picture this way, where he says, God at this moment is holding up two hands. Mm. And with one hand, he extends mercy. And it's a full offer of mercy that you have. And with the other hand, he's holding back wrath. Mm. And at some point, both of those hands are going to drop, yeah. where you no longer have access to God's mercy. Mm-hmm. And all of the wrath that's been stored up is poured out. That's the middle of Revelation, right? <clears throat> so right. It all starts to unravel. Right. And so that's where we're at right now. That's that's what we see with Jesus in that passage is he's holding back wrath. He pronounces judgment on those cities, but I'm holding it back yeah. because I'm offering mercy. And this is and that's why like if we had time we could dive into the Greek where yeah. when Jesus says come to me, it's a very urgent like come to me now. Mm to find rest. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it's that's how it's written in the Greek is this come now to me all who labor and are heavy laden and you'll find rest. Okay. And so you have that picture where Jesus is offering mercy and holding back wrath at the same time and eventually both hands drop mm-hmm. and that's a situation where you want to be in the arms of mercy not in the crosshairs of wrath yeah, and amen. judgment. Amen. I, I, I'm glad you brought up the illustration of the pet. I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting as you were sharing that I was thinking um, how much like that that was Adam and Eve? Mm. As soon as they yep. sin, what do they do? Right, they hide. And right. if you were talking about your dog standing in the corner, being like, eh, <laughs> "What's up? I don't, I don't need anything. I'm good, you know, or whatever. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't make eye contact." I mean, that was Adam and Eve. We hide yeah. when we right. try to do it on our own. When we sin, when we take our own path. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, Satan's strategy: guilt and shame. Yep, Matt, he loves that stuff. Yes, he does. He, yes, Satan, the enemy wants you to think that God hates you. Yeah. That God is waiting to just dole out punishment. And the, what we see, and that's like, there's just so much in this passage that we don't have time to go in. Like, if you have time to read a book, 
There's a great book called Gentle and Lowly mm. that takes from this passage. This is, I haven't double checked this, but the author says this is the one passage in the New Testament, in the Gospels, where Jesus identifies his own characteristics. Mm. And Jesus says, I am gentle and lowly. Mm. And I've heard pastors say, that's not what Jesus is like. Jesus is tough and fair. Mm. Those are his two characteristics. And Jesus is tough and fair. Sure. sure. Absolutely. But Jesus here says, when he says, I am gentle and lowly. And so that's where you get this great picture of God's desire is to show mercy to you. And we reject that because we're dumb. (laughs) Because we can do it on our own. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Proud. Yeah. Back to pride again. It's always there. The um, <laughs> the the last uh, uh, topic, and I don't know, we'll, we'll put a timer on this just to make sure that we don't uh, uh, go too long here, but um, I'm not entirely sure uh, where we're going to go with this, but um, just more of a conversation. Yeah. Um, that that uh, section where it talks about, you know, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Yeah. I bring your burdens to me. Yep. Um, uh, a challenge, yep. um, and I've had this conversation with others in the past, is that as Christ followers, when we bring our burden yep. to Jesus, sometimes the things that burden us don't go away. Mm-hmm. I say sometimes, right? Because God can do what God wants to do. Yep. I mean, sometimes you come and you're uh, you're no longer an addict. You know, right. the addiction is gone. I've never had a desire for that again, and that happens. Yep. Sometimes. Yep. Not always. I would submit not often. Right. Most often, it does not happen that way. You know, uh, and if you don't, you feel free to comment on any of this. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe you guys have this packed more. But yeah. I'm just curious, your thoughts. How, how do you? What do you think about that? You know, sometimes our burdens, when we bring them to Jesus, they're still there. We're still sick. We're still poor. We're still right. hungry. We're still angry. We're still you name the right. thing. Right. Um, I mean, if we look into the scriptures, even Paul, you know, talks about he's got this thing, mm-hmm. born in the flesh, he yeah, calls it. Right? whatever that is. Praise that God would remove it. Somehow God said, nah. Nope. And, um, and then Paul has comments about that. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, so that, I don't know. I have no question in that other than, yeah. so what's no, up with a, that, Mark? It's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a discussion worth having, and it's, it's something that I had talked about in the message just so briefly, because once you open those doors, it becomes this whole other topic of, yeah, I talked about Christians tend to misapply or Jesus followers look at that passage and think, if I'm a Jesus follower, now life will be easy. Yeah. Jesus promised me rest. He yeah. said his, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Why is my burden so heavy? Yeah. It must be because I'm not a good Jesus follower. That's mm-hmm. the line of logic that we tend to follow. Yeah. Um, dangerous. <clears throat> it's, a very, it's very dangerous, and it's, it's something that we know but we still tend to fall into that trap anyway. Yeah. Um, because when you're in the middle of a burden, when you're yeah. in the middle of all of that weight, it's normal to to look to God and be like, what is yeah. going Like, what did I do wrong? Like, yeah. you end up being like Job's friends. Right. I mean, like, Chris, you must have done something. Right. Like, <laughs> Obviously. what did you do? Right. <laughs> sure. um, and so looking at this, this promise from Jesus where he says, every time, like, when you bring your burdens to me, mm-hmm. you will have rest. Mm-hmm. Some of that we had talked about, like, well, what does rest mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. Does rest mean your burden is completely eradicated? In some instances, Maybe. I think it does. Sometimes. I think when, when we're talking about my sin, oh, like my absolutely. guilt, mm-hmm. when I bring that to Jesus, that's taken care of. Mm-hmm. I have no other burden put on me to say, like, okay, your sin's taken care of so long as you, do you pray enough, mm-hmm. you read enough of your Bible, you do enough Bible studies. As long as you do those things, mm-hmm. then your sin. That's not the promise from Jesus. The promise is bring your sin I'll take care of it. It's yeah, gone. Gone. So that promise is fully realized right now. Yeah. I have no guilt for no my guilt. sin, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And even if that was the full extent of the promise, yeah. that would be enough. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 
And the promise is more than that, which is really cool. I think we had talked about in this passage, Jesus is talking about the law that these cities are under, that they're under this this system of the law, and they think, okay, this is how we're supposed to live our lives. We just live our lives under the law. That's how we take care of it. And so I think that's part of what Jesus is addressing too, is that's not my full vision for you guys, is just to live perpetually under the law. I fulfill the law so that you can live your life under me. And that's why he talks about that yoke, mm-hmm. where you're yoked to me, and the work that we get to do is really easy mm-hmm. because I've taken care of all of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's this part of, there's this promise that's fully realized now, and there's a promise that's fully realized later. Mm -hmm. And so when I have rest in Jesus, I still get sick. I still have debt to deal with. I still have bills that come to my doorstep. All the stuff of living in this life with this flesh. These consequences, some of it, yeah, some of it is direct consequences of sin. If I do action A, I will have consequence B because that's the world that I live in right now. I messed up. There's a consequence to that that I experience now. And some of it is not because of my own action. Some of it is just the world that, like, we have tornadoes. We live in a broken system. Right. There's just things that go awry and go wrong. And God promises that he will redeem those things Mm -hmm. eventually. Mm -hmm. And that's the promise that we can lean on. And so I think... um, there is this element of where I can experience rest in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a burden, because I know the God that's in the storm yeah. with me, the God that promises to take care of that. And even if, I mean, there's Christians that die of starvation. Mm-hmm. There's Christians that are martyred mm-hmm. today. There's Christians that are in hiding today. Mm-hmm. And I think they can experience real rest, mm-hmm. even though those burdens still exist. Yeah. Am I off? Am I way off in saying that? Yes, I knew. No, <laughs> that's why I'm not preaching again. No, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think yeah. I think that's the um, the challenge and the reality is that m- those burdens, whatever it might be, yeah. uh, are still part of your your wiring and your makeup and your existence. Yeah. And yet, maybe they don't take the most important place anymore. Right. Because I mean, I've said this a, a thousand times. I don't know how uh, folks who aren't Christ followers do it. It's, I don't know how they handle the death of a loved one. I don't know how they handle crisis. I don't know how they handle COVID. I mean, yeah. if there's no hope beyond this thing that's sometimes not that fun. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So, um, so having that relationship with Christ and knowing, like you just said, right. knowing there is a future, one day it will be all put right. Right. Um, and that there's something much bigger going on than, than this issue, even though, and I don't want to yeah. minimize the issue. Yeah. Because uh, it, it just sucks sometimes. Yep. But, um, yeah. Well, that's why, like, God's so cool because <laughs> he gives <laughs> us these amazing pictures where, like, we were just talking about, you have this picture of Jesus with mercy and wrath. Mm-hmm. And you have this cool picture throughout the New Testament where you have this picture of God who is a God that is total ruler, victor, king, and a God that is with you and sympathizes with you. So the two pictures I I see of that is the Apostle Paul talks about the suffering that he experiences, Mm -hmm. which is insane. Paul goes through so much (laughs) that every time I complain about anything, it's like, gosh. I would have quit halfway through. Paul is ridiculous. (laughs) And so in uh, Romans, Paul talks about how even the current sufferings of this day don't even hold a candle to the glory of God to come. And so that's one picture that we see of God is like our sufferings now are so minimal compared to what's to come. That's one perspective. And we have this picture of the suffering servant of Jesus who sympathizes, who is able to sympathize with you and the hurt, who has gone through all of the hurt and has experienced everything that humans go through in terms of pain, trauma, tragedy, suffering. Jesus went through it all. And so you have these two pictures of 
That's a real thing that we can lean on yeah. in the midst of our suffering. Because he gets it. And that this is a real thing that I can lean on the hope of this is, this is going to be so minimal yeah. compared to the glory that's to come. Yeah. And that's just a cool thing to be able to lean on. Yeah. No, I think there's, I think there's tons of stuff in that. And yeah. that's its own sermon series probably. It certainly is. <laughs> but yeah, that, that whole concept of burden and what does that, what does that look like? And yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good. Well, I like it. Mark, anything else that you want to share or that we should talk about? <sighs> yeah, I think, I mean... We've we've about covered it with all the things that we can get into in a shorter podcast time, without yeah. starting our own series. Yep. <laughs> well, and this is that it. weird week in between Christmas and New yeah. Year's. It's sort of like I always feel like it's a giveaway week. Like it it's is. Just, uh, like uh, <laughs> I was going to say the purge, but I won't say that. <laughs> it's just this really weird week where, like, you know, it's yep. not 2022 yet. Yeah, people forget what day it is. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. You work, but kind of not, but kind of <laughs> so. Anyway, so have fun with this week. Hopefully, you uh, take advantage of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you guys uh, watching. Be sure to like or comment on this. Share it with some friends if you can. Do all that social media stuff. And um, we want to keep this running. And so um, that, that's kind of cool. You can help us out on that. Also, um, uh, plan on continuing to ask questions. Uh, yeah. That obviously fuels this. If there's no questions, then it's just Chris and Mark rambling. And uh, three people want to see that. Yes. <laughs> somebody wants to see that because there's always somebody We're, out there. We are two of the three people <laughs> that want to see that. We both have moms. <laughs> it's probably four people. So, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, all right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>